Welcome to the Franchise Hounds podcast. I'm Greg Macchia, a certified franchise consultant. Thanks for joining me as I interview franchise industry pros to dissect, explore, and discover franchise ownership. Joining me today is Rick Porter. Rick is the owner, president, and founder of Cinch IT Franchise. As president, he manages Cinch IT Franchise in delivering best-in-class customer service and driving innovation. Rick was a member of the U.S. Army Special Operation Community. He was a recipient of the Worcester Business Journal's 40 Under 40 and named one of the top 10 best CEOs of 2018. Founded in 2004 and franchising since 2019, Cinch IT is a managed computer and IT support brand that provides businesses with an enterprise-level IT department for less than it would cost a business to manage their IT in-house. I hope you enjoy today's discussion with Rick Porter from Cinch IT. Rick, welcome to Franchise Sounds. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. When I was researching for the episode, I, I saw that you were an, an Army Ranger uh, medic. Uh, thank you for your service. Oh, my pleasure. I tell people all the time it's the best job I had, including this one. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, I bet. I bet that was uh, pretty exciting and pretty rewarding for sure. Yeah, it was. It was definitely exciting. And, uh, you know, when I was 40 pounds lighter, it was a lot of fun, but uh, <laughs> don't know if I could still do it anymore. <laughs> so so while we're talking about veterans, I when I was researching for the for the episode, I read that veterans account for 50 percent of uh, Cinch IT's franchisees and that you and that you guys discount the uh, the initial franchise fee by by fifty percent for veterans. You know, there's a decent amount of brands that that give a discount to veterans. Uh, you know, but it's typically a few thousand dollars off the franchise fee. But but fifty percent is is incredible. So that's really awesome that you guys do that for our veterans. No, it's uh, you know I think I think one I love working with veterans. Uh, for me, it's almost like I feel at home when we, we all get together and we're, we're working on their business together and and things like that. Um, it's, it's an easy conversation for me to have. And I, I just think they're fantastic business owners as well, for the most part, right? Disciplined, organized, driven professionals, uh, who better to represent our brand. So, uh, and I want to take the opportunity to thank them as much as I can as well. And I think a 50% discount is the least that we can do. Yeah, that's really fantastic. Uh, on an earlier uh, episode of my podcast, I interviewed a representative from VetFran, the, uh, yep. the organization and the whole the topic was about why veterans are such a great fit for franchising. So yeah, I agree. They, they really uh, do a great job and, and represent the brand well and, and, and franchisers love, love to have them in the, in the system. So what led you from your days as an army ranger to become the founder of a IT services business? That's, that, that's a great question. Um, Cause the, the <laughs> two don't go hand in hand. And I have actually been accused of not looking like an IT guy when I, when I've been meeting with uh, potential new clients before. So, um, <laughs> Honestly, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, whether it was I watched too many uh, movies as a kid or, you know, I have family that has served uh, the military, something I always wanted to do. And when I was graduating from high school, my parents gave me some really good advice. And that was to go to college, get your degree first, have make sure you have something to fall back on. And then if you still want to do it, do it. And so I took their advice and I did that. I went to school first. I, you know, I studied business administration. Concentration was accounting and finance and uh, and then said, you know what? Uh, done it. Now I want to go and do what I've always wanted to do. And that was serve my country. So, you know, I, I enlisted 
Um, a nice part is I was able to enlist uh, at a E3, which is a higher pay grade because I did go to college, but I did want to go in as enlisted because I really wanted to work in the special operations community. Um, and, you know, after my time there, when I did get out, I had to fall back on the only other thing I knew, which was business, right? That's what I went to school for. And so I fell back uh, into business and worked for another IT company, eventually started my own small IT company, grew that company, acquired it. And uh, why IT? Honestly, I have family. My brother was in IT. He's a brilliant person. Uh, works. For, I still work with him to this day. And uh, so he introduced me to the IT business and uh, things just took off from there. So, um, you know, Really wanted to fall back on my college education, uh, but really just found the right opportunity and was introduced by some really great people. And that's what brought me into the IT space. Good for you. It's it's funny. I was I was chuckling thinking about what you said. You know, so many of these IT services brand themselves as, you know, geek this or geek that. And and former Absolutely. Army Ranger rolls in. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not looking the part, but that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, don't get me wrong, There's we have brilliant IT people that work for us and that are there as resources for our franchise owners. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> as an IT company, what our job is to have conversations with a CEO, with an office manager, with the owner of that business. And we got to be able to not just put in the geekiest, we'll use that word, right? Not just the nerdiest piece of technology, the latest and greatest, but something that's going to help their business, right? Help them be more profitable, more productive, more efficient, whatever their goals are. Uh, and for that, you just need somebody who can communicate well, who understands business. And that's, you know, our franchise owners, that's what they can do best. Um, and, and so you don't, you know, my, I'm a true believer in is if you know how to you're more like a liaison to the business when it comes to technology. You don't have to know everything about IT. We have those resources for our franchise owners. Sure. I mean, and it's probably a benefit, you know, not being pigeonholed just in IT because then you you understand some of the the, the broader picture business issues that, uh, you know, IT that may affect IT or vice versa. And you're just not so focused on the IT piece of it, but, you know, how it actually runs and affects the day-to-day -day of the actual business. Absolutely. And we can, we, I feel like we can communicate better as well from time to time, instead of saying, Hey, you know, the reason you need this machine is because it has X amount of gigabytes of memory and it has a solid state hard drive and this and that. Instead, we can talk about how that speed can increase their effectiveness, right? So that they can be more productive or profitable things like we talked about before. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Whenever I have founders on, I always ask them this question, you know, when you founded Cinch IT over 10 years ago, did you always intend to franchise it? Um, I did not intend at any time to franchise the company. No, not at all. So uh, Cinch IT, so it's a kind of a natural byproduct of, um, of just doing something well at a small level and seeing the cumulative effects. So our goal was never to franchise. It was just to provide great IT service. We say fast and friendly IT service to local businesses. That was it. Um, and we did that. We focused every policy, every procedure around being the fastest and friendliest IT company that we could be. And we brought on more and more clients. And what happened is our clients grew. They became more successful. I hope we played a small part in that. Um, but they became very successful and they started 
branching out, right? Opening up satellite offices in different parts of the US or acquiring other businesses. And so we were naturally drawn outside of Massachusetts, which is where we were founded. Uh, and we started getting drawn out into, into Florida or Texas or Georgia to support our clients. And then at some point we said, hey, what's the best model that we can um, uh, emulate in order to continue to provide fast and friendly service to our customers that are now all over the country. And, and at one point we're in 34 states. And we looked at a bunch of business models. We brought in consultants and franchising at the end of the day, I fell in love with it. I really did. And and the the one, you know, the one thing that I learned about franchising from the consultants is that if I put it a a manager in place, or if I put or or if we bring in a franchise partner that owns it, that franchise partner is always going to outperform a manager. They have skin in the game. It's their baby, sure. it's their business, it's their future. And so they're always going to be successful and represent the brand well. Uh, and I love that. And uh, now it gives me the opportunity to work with business owners, uh, franchise partners and help them grow their businesses, which is for me is really rewarding as well. Yeah, no, that's interesting. You said that. And I, I feel like the, the the franchise model really is 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 set up nicely. I mean, everyone's interests are really aligned, you know, corporate doesn't make money unless the individual franchisees make money and it, it really keeps Absolutely. everyone in check. And then also the, you know, the, the individual franchisees, they, they have to be happy. Otherwise, you know, corporate is going to really struggle to grow and to sell additional franchisees because of, you know, validation and things like that. Um, so it, it, it's really a nice model for all parties involved. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. When um, Do you have a sweet spot of the of the kind of the size of the businesses that you work with? Yeah, we so we work with uh, what we call an underserved market. And, you know, if I was to define that sweet spot wise, it's anywhere uh, businesses that have anywhere from 10 to 100 employees. And I we call it the underserved market because there's a lot of small mom and pop IT companies that are out there and they're great companies and they're, they, they work with businesses that have less than 10 employees most of the time because they have the number, you know, their resources, uh, they require very little resources, knowledge bases and things like that. And then you have the really big IT companies that are out there and they want to work with really large companies, the ones that have thousands of employees. And what happens is that middle market, that small, medium sized business really is underserved. And so that's how that's what we target. We design our plans. We design our support for them. I was I was curious, how has the increase in your clients, you know, work from home or remote employees kind of you know impacted your business? I, I would imagine the benefit of having and an in-house IT team for these small businesses becomes less important when all the employees are remote, right? Which ultimately could be a good thing for you guys. Yes. Yeah. So we see two different models. Um, the first one is we are a an extension of their business. We are their entire IT department. And so when people, you know, transition to work from home and decided to stay in this work from home environment, what it requires is multiple IT people to be able to help your organization, right? So we have a lot of people, you know, if you're a customer and you have 50 people and they're all working remotely, they may have 50 simultaneous, not really 50, but several simultaneous issues, right? Maybe it's a home Wi-Fi or it's a home printer or something like password reset, but uh, they can happen all kind of at the same time. And maybe when you were all in the same office, an in-house IT department would be great for that because they can physically walk over to your desk to help you and then walk 
you know, 10 feet over to the next person and 15 feet over to the next person. But now he's be everybody's geographically located and you can only be on with one person at a time. And so internal IT departments don't have the redundancy that are required. So now you get to work with a company like Cinch IT and we have, you know, 50 plus people that are available to remotely be able to help your company simultaneously. Your people get back to work so much faster. The other model is is where, where we call it supplemental IT support. So they still keep an internal IT department, maybe a smaller one, um, and we're there to supplement support. So we might do things like their help desk for all the reasons we just mentioned, but maybe the internal IT is working on the big picture, right? Their, their overall technology strategy and not getting caught in the day-to-day um, IT support now that they have so many people working with so many different locations um, because you're going to have more issues when you're working from home, right? Yeah, when you're in-house, there's one wireless system, right? There's one, it might be, you know, one server. There might be one power outage, right? <laughs> I know we were talking about our locations up here in the Northeast. We get an out ice storm that comes through and all your employees are working remotely. You might get half of your company that's without power temporarily and things like that. So um, supplementalized T-Sport is a really good option for people nowadays as well. Interesting. So you kind of talked about the the two separate offerings. I was going to ask, what are some of the managed IT services you handle? So do both of them fall under kind of those those two offerings? Yeah, exactly. And there's lots of, so we have different plans under those two offerings, but we have fully managed clients where we are an extension. We are everything when it comes to their IT department, including their CTO. And then we have ones where we are supplemental IT support, where they're really there as a as an extension to help out with their internal IT. Um, underneath those support plans, there's lots of options, right? If you are a business that's in a highly regulated industry, let's say a healthcare organization or a finance, you know, a CPA office, and you're you have to fall under, you have to be HIPAA compliant, for example. Uh, we have advanced support plans that give you all the software and services that that you would need in order to maintain your HIPAA compliance on the technology side of things. So we do have, you know, support plans that are designed specifically for certain types of businesses, but those are the two categories they fall under, fully managed or supplemental. And I assume most of your clients, they're on some kind of recurring, you know, monthly service plan. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when we designed our support plans, uh, quite honestly, I can tell you exactly how we decided to do it. We said, we want to make sure we have really g- great relationships with our clients. And for me, it's all about you know reputation, to be very honest with you. I, I always tell people, when I go to my children's soccer games and I'm sitting on the sidelines, I want everybody to go, oh, that's the guy who runs Cinch IT. Super nice people. They're awesome, right? And never the... Oh, that's the IT guy that's so expensive, and I, you know, I have issues all the time. <laughs> uh, and so we built our support plans to have really great relationships with our clients. Meaning that everything. Here's my belief: customers want two things. Our customers want two things. They want to have no IT issues, of course, and they also want to have, you know, when it comes to IT expense, something that they can budget and plan for, right? I know exactly how much my IT department is going to cost me. Now, us as business owners, what do we want on the IT side? Well, we also don't want you to have any IT issues. <laughs> and we'd also like a fixed monthly reoccurring revenue that we can depend on. So that's exactly what we put together. We put together a fixed price revenue plan so the customer can budget and plan for it. We can budget and plan for it. And our goals are aligned. And what I mean by that is our monthly support offering is unlimited support. 
We don't say you only get four hours or eight hours of support. Both on-site and remote, it's unlimited support. So the customer, we're never going to nickel and dime them. They're never going to get an extra charge. They know exactly how much it's going to cost them. We know exactly how much we're going to earn in revenue. And most importantly, is it's synergistic. Neither of us want to have IT issues. The more IT issues they have, the less profitable we are. So we're really incentivized to do our job and to do it well. Yeah, and then and then corporate, you guys can can be properly staffed at all times in order to to provide that you know high level of, of customer support. Absolutely, because in our model, I know every franchise model is different, um, and in our model, we centralize support. So our franchise partners in different parts of the country, they're doing sales, they're bringing on customers in their local markets, but they're also handling the boots on the ground when it comes to IT support, right? When a customer needs a new laptop installed, they're there with boots on the ground to physically install that computer. Here at Central, at corporate, right, we provide them with a help desk, right? And our help desk historically, since we launched our franchise, resolves 94% of all of our franchise partners' technical issues. So we're handling 94% of the support. They're handling about 6% of the support on site. It's a great team effort um, that allows us to continue to focus on what we do best. And that's, like I said earlier, to provide fast and friendly IT support. That's interesting. So uh, so a franchisee's client, say, I I actually just saw you, you have some new franchisees in Utah. So we'll say, uh, so we'll say a, a client in Utah they, they, their first call is actually to corporate's call center, right? You got it. You got it. So, so David and Samuel, those are the gentlemen uh, in Utah, Moab and St. George, like an office of Moab and office of St. George, David and Samuel are great. They are the local boots on the ground. So when their customer has an issue, they're actually going to call 833 Cinch IT and our help desk here in Massachusetts answers that phone with the same brand Cinch IT. How can I help you? And they'll work to resolve that issue. And in 94% of the time, they resolve the issue, close out the ticket. And the franchisee actually never has to lift a finger to do anything about it. But let's say they call us up. We work to resolve. We work to resolve it. And we find out, hey, you know, it does require you, somebody to physically be there on site. We reach out to David and Samuel in Utah and say, hey, can you guys go on site and take a look at this for your customer? And they will. And they'll go out. They'll take a look at it. They'll resolve it. So, like I said, great team effort. We do all the remote for them. They do all the on-site. Yeah, that's that's really nice. So that's a good segue to my next question. Is and that's what do you look for in a in a partner in a franchisee partner? You you mentioned you know sales. Uh, do they do they need much you know IT experience? No, not at all. They actually do do not need a lot of IT experience at all. And our franchise partners right now are about 50-50, I would say. Um, about actually it's a little less than 50 50 to be honest with you about 40 percent of our franchise partners the owners have prior it experience and about 60 percent don't um this is a great model for a career salesperson somebody who has you know great connections you know preferably even in the b2b space maybe they work for a payroll company or an hr company um you know they sold commercial insurance before and now they get to put their skills to use, right? They really get to start a business of their own where they can go out and bring on, find prospect and bring on new customers. Um, And then they'll hire one technician locally to do the boots on the ground work for them. It can work the other way around though. Like like we mentioned, 40% are technical. So the owner might take the role of the technician and they'll go out and hire a salesperson. But every one of our locations has one salesperson and one technician. Oh, wow. Okay. It sounds like you prefer an owner-operator model rather than, you know, something that's like semi-absentee. 
So it, honestly, I don't know if I, I would say I have a preference because we do have both. We do have uh, absentee owners that that own the franchise and they hire both the sales and the technician. Uh, for me, I just like to see a, an owner that's involved, right? They don't have to have that sales role. They don't have to have that technical role. Uh, but we have some really great absentee owners that are constantly working with their salespeople, pro- you know, providing introductions and and they're heavily involved in the business still. Uh, for me, I just happen to prefer that versus where it's a true, true investment where you open it up and you put money towards it and you know you hire somebody else to run it 100%. I love to see them still involved. Uh, we're, we're still, a, you know, a, I would say a close-knit community in our, in our franchise program. Um, we, because we provide so much support to our franchise partners, we're not the type of franchise that's going to add on 25, 50 locations every year. Uh, we might only add on six locations. So we have a really close relationship with our franchise partners. And and to be quite honest, because of that, we get to be a little picky and make sure we're working with nothing but superstars. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I mean, you, you, every every client of your franchisee, you know, corporate is working very closely with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so we're, you know, we're, we have to make sure that we maintain uh, our growth uh, so that we can continue to support them. So as they grow, we grow. Like you said, that's a, one of the best things about franchising. We don't make any money unless they make money. And, it, and, and that's the same goes for our growth. We don't grow unless they grow. As they add on more customers um, and more uh, computer users, we add on more staff here to be able to support them. So it, I love it. It's a perfect relationship. How many clients does like a, a typical you know, franchisee location work with? So there's there's really no cap on the number of employees they can work with, uh, customers, pardon me. It just depends on how large um, they decide they want to grow. Uh, we have some franchise partners uh, that do, do very, very well, um, and they have multiple technicians and multiple salespeople that work for them. Um, and so they can add on as many clients as they like. The way that the, probably the best way to answer that is the size of the territories. So the way we set up our territories is they're contiguous zip codes, meaning all of our franchise territories have anywhere from 3,000 to 3,500 businesses that have 10 or more employees. So that's the the total addressable market they have. And once they feel like they've saturated that market, they can open up a second territory, a third territory. And we do have multiple territory owners as well. You know, I was curious if you guys have any, you know, national accounts or statewide accounts. I could I could see that happening. You know, I have a, a location here, a location there. So there probably is some component of, of corporate offering, you know, some some lead gen almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, you know, we, we have a fantastic marketing department that does a lot of national marketing, whether it's social PR, things like that. And we do have some national accounts. Um, and honestly, even even our franchise partners, for them, this you know the, our model allows them to host conversations with much larger companies, national companies. So they might be able to go and let's say a commercial insurance agency or something like that. They can go in and have a conversation that says, not only do we have all the remote support, but we actually have locations all over the country, a lot, you know, many more locations than your typical IT company that can handle boots on the ground. And so, you know, we had a customer, we still have a customer that has 13 locations across the US and we're able to actually service all of their locations because of our franchise partnership. We're able to reach out to the local franchisee to provide the boots on the ground and there's some revenue share that the franchise partners get to enjoy as well. Yeah, that's great. And and as you grow, that 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 story and piece of the business will become even even stronger, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right now, we're, for example, um, you know, there's there's many states that we're not in yet. And over time, as we expand into those states, uh, you know, we get to at some point, hopefully we're able to service almost every major um, every major market, which is which is the goal. Sure. How many uh, franchise partners do you have and, and, and what states are you currently in, if that's a easy sure. list? So right now we have. Yeah. Right now we have uh, 12 franchise partners. Um, again, we're, we, we're not going to bring a board a lot every year. Uh, and we're very strategic with the, the, the states that we go into. So we're, we were founded here in Massachusetts. So we started here. We wanted to bring on, um, you know, franchise partners here to test out that model with. So we have, uh, several, we have many, uh, in Massachusetts and then we wanted to stay on the East coast. So we went down to Georgia side, fun little side note. That's where my wife is from. That's where we met. So we know the Georgia market really well. <laughs> so we went down to Georgia. We opened a couple locations. Uh, in Georgia, a couple franchise partners were, came aboard in Georgia, um, and at this point, we're in Michigan and Utah, um, Kentucky, and Arizona. So we eventually started to work our way uh, west to test out the model, make sure that we can service all of our franchise partners, no matter what um, what uh, time zone they happen to be in, and, and no matter where that you know product might need to be shipped to, and things like that. And it's worked out really, really well. And and I think what you refer to central or corporate, that's all that that's housed in Massachusetts right now. Is 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 the plan to maybe down the road set up a a, a West Coast version of that? Or yeah, so um, we've had lots of conversations. You know, I think that the the help desk, that central help desk, right now, uh, the plans are to always keep that in this Massachusetts area. And the reason is we have a fantastic talent pool here. So we actually work with, we have internships with most of the major colleges in this area where we're actually bringing uh, juniors and seniors in in uh, in their college y- years that are studying technology, cybersecurity, IT, and things like that, that'll come through. Um, and this allows us to offer jobs. So, you know, the top one or 2% of every single class that comes through. We have a lot of great technical colleges up here that, that are a great pool of talent. Uh, but we have talked about opening warehouses um, in other parts of the country to, to, again, if we're focusing on being fast and friendly, fast sometimes has to do with just product delivery, right? When a customer needs a laptop, how fast can we get it there? And so opening up warehouses in other parts of the country is, is something we've talked about as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. You, you're able to tap into that, um, the, the student population, particularly in that, in that you know, Boston, Cambridge area. So what's the day in the life of an owner? Depends on if they're technical sales or that absentee owner, right? Um, I think, you know, for all of them, it starts by waking up and taking a look at the technology. Surprise, we're a technology company. The first thing you got to do is look up at your, look at your technology, right? (laughs) So, um, you know, we have uh, our ticketing system, right? Similar to like your, uh, a traditional CRM product. It it is also our CRM product, but it gets you a, a quick glimpse of where all your customers are at, right? Do they have tickets open? Are any of them, you know, are all of them responded to? What's your customer satisfaction scores? What are all those business driven metrics that we need to look at? So no matter what your role is, it's waking up every day, jumping into that ticket system and, and seeing how everyone's doing, both on the sales, the technical side and your customer. Um, and then from there, you know, checking in with their teams. Uh, if you're a salesperson, it, it might be checking in with your technician, look over their schedule for the day, see if they have everything they need, talk about what their plans are for the week. Um, vice versa, if you're the technical, hey, what's the, what's the sales, you know, you have sales goals that you want to accomplish on a daily basis, you know, what, what's your day look like kind of thing. 
Um, the technician actually goes off and does his or her own thing, likewise with the salesperson. Um, and if you're a technician, it's usually visiting clients, visiting clients, meeting with them, doing proactive maintenance uh, visits, maybe checking in uh, or installing a new laptop at a new client, that kind of thing. And always continued education, right? Our, our field is constantly changing. And so jumping into our learning management system, if you have not, you know, if you don't need to be on site and just continuing in your education. If you're that salesperson, same thing, continue education is always important, but it's going to be traditional networking, right? You might wake up after you check in with everybody and start your sales day. It might be meeting with your, we call them tier one partners, right? Your vendors who might refer partner relationships to you and you'll refer them and then continue education as well. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about that, you know, your your flat rate model and the, and the no cap and the hours, which is which is really great because you're, you're probably able to do, you know, some of those maintenance items and things like that. Whereas if, if you reached out to a, a you know, a, a client and said, Hey, can we come in and do X, Y, Z? They might say, ah, let's, you know, let's push it off. But if it's just a flat rate and there's no capped hours or say, yeah, sure. Come on in and let's not wait till, till the things hit the fan. Right. Like let's, let's, I'm going to ask, have you ever worked in this industry? <laughs> no, before? no. You, you sound like you know what you're doing. <laughs> so, so funny, funny story. I'll, I'll make it a quick story. Um, we actually decided to go with this fixed model with unlimited support for the exact reason you just mentioned. So I'll tell you that without using names, well, one of my customers is well over a decade ago. One of my customers called up, they were a law office and uh, she called up and, and the, the woman said, Hey Rick, these computers that I bought from you that I just bought from you are running really slow. And this was back when we were doing everything time and material. When something breaks, you call us, we'll fix it. And other than that, we were completely hands off. And, uh, I talked to her and I said, are you talking about the computers that you that we installed like about a year ago? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're running really slow. And I said, all right, we can take a look at them. So we jump in there to take a look and we said, hey, um, it looks like you haven't run updates in a really long time. Would you like us to start by running some updates for you? And she goes, well, yeah, I pay you guys to run updates. And we said, all right, well, just understand that we don't just log into your computer and run updates at any time, right? Because that would cost you money and we want your permission first and this and that. And so we do that. And we go, when was the last time you checked your quarantine and run an antivirus scan back then? And she go, well, that's what I pay you for. And again, I said, well, we don't just log into your computer and run an antivirus scan because that costs you money. So we 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 got those computers up and running, you know, a little bit faster. We optimized when we ran the scan and we ran updates and things like that. And they were running much, much faster. And we said, while we're here, can we check your backups? Because if you weren't running your updates and if you weren't checking your antivirus, you probably haven't done anything with backups. And while I have you, can I take a look at your backups to make sure they've been successful? And you hit the nail right on the head. Guess what she said? No, no, no. We'll do that another time because it costs money. And she thinks I'm trying to upsell her when only I'm trying to protect. And so I hung up that phone and I realized this is not a great model. This is not the relationship that I want to have with somebody where they think I'm trying to just sell them my time. Um, and my customers are not in a great position right? Because we should run updates regularly. We should check antivirus. We should check backups, right? And so now we have this fixed price model, like you mentioned, where it never costs the customer a dime. So we can do all those things proactively on a regular basis to make sure the customer's, um, you know, really taken care of. And fun story, again, back to that relationships, this exact same woman, still a customer to this day, uh, called me up years later after she was on that fixed price model. And I'll never forget it. She called me up and she said, 
Rick, guess what? And I said, what? She said, you're going to earn your money today <laughs> because she was calling with an issue. Like all the proactive maintenance we were doing on a regular basis, it wasn't costing her any more money. And she never had an issue, but she was paying that monthly cost to make sure she didn't. And now she had like an actual issue. She, she was kind of, she was excited. Yeah. I'm getting my money's worth today. Oh, that's, that's classic. <laughs> yeah. The, the other thing to that point is, you know, IT is, is one of those kind of, uh, it's just, if people don't understand it, they have no idea if, if something takes, you know, two minutes or two hours, right? So it, it's probably easy to feel like you're either being taken advantage of or, you you know, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, that's that's brilliant that that model you guys came up with. Yeah, absolutely. It's all, like I said, again and again and again, right? It's all about relationships. So all of our franchise partners, they actually go and visit their clients every single month proactively. Even if there's no issues, they go on site uh, and they are to do, there to do some proactive maintenance, but really what they're also there to do um, is a check-in with the customer, see each other face-to-face, right? They'll pop in, hey, while I'm here, I'm doing my proactive maintenance. Do you need anything while I'm here? And it's all about relationship building. That customer goes, oh, hey, good to see you. No, I, I don't have any issues, but, you know, how's everything? How's the kids doing? You know, how was Will's soccer game? You know, this and that. And it's it just builds better relationships. So, again, we don't need to do that. We do a ton of proactive maintenance every single week where that maintenance visit isn't required, but it helps build a better relationship. And the, the customer love to just see our face and we love to see our customers too. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, when, when, if, if they haven't seen anyone in a few months and they, you know, they keep seeing that recurring expense or say, well, why are we paying these guys? Right. But the fact that, exactly. yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. So um, what is a typical investment to become an owner? So our initial franchise fee uh, is fifteen thousand uh, dollars. Then we have a our our training program is thirty thousand dollars for the two employees to go through. It's a twelve week training course. Um, we go through owner training, which includes things like marketing, human resources, accounting, and things like that. And then we go we have two different training paths. You probably already guessed it. One of them is sales. One of them is technical. But it's twelve weeks in total. Uh, all of it is remote except two weeks. Two weeks is in person. Well, they'll actually come up here and work in a live operating franchise, get hands-on experience. So that's thirty thousand. Uh, and then our we have a starter marketing package that includes all of the marketing material they'll need for at least their first six to twelve months in business. That's four thousand dollars. Our all-in investment is a range of one hundred one to one hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay, great. But before we wrap things up, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about Cinch IT that we haven't covered? Oh, geez, there's a million things I could talk about. Well, what do I want to tell? What was the last thing I want to leave you with? Um, honestly, probably the way we started it is, you know, 50% of our franchise partners are veterans right now. Uh, and I love working with veterans. Don't get me wrong. I, I'd love to work with anybody who's qualified and, and driven and organized and customer service focused. I think there's so many opportunities. Uh, but for me, it's I think it's just a little extra rewarding for me to to be able to work with veterans and and see them you know be extremely successful um what i really to be honest with you what i really 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 enjoy is working with veterans that are recently transitioned transitioned out of the military because i myself know that initial transition is not always easy and i don't even mean the financial aspect or the you know the different routine of being a civilian but even the language, right? The, the way we speak and the language we use and the amount of acronyms we're, we're used to and things like that. Um, you know, I, I feel like working with franchisees, uh, franchise partners that are veterans uh, that are recently transitioned for me is a pleasure to work with because 
um, I feel like I get to help aid in that transition into civilian life and, and to move on uh, from their military career. And I know how rewarding it was and I know what that transition looks like. So I love that opportunity. Yeah, that's neat. You know, uh, probably a lot, a lot of veterans, you know, being in the military was their, was their first job. And that's, you know, th- that's who they are, right? That's who they identify them. And, and having you as the CEO and founder and leader of the franchise and understanding that transition that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm no longer a soldier, but, you know, um, I'm going to be a business owner is, is probably really, you know, helpful for them. So that's, that's cool that you offer that. Yeah. Um, one, uh, one thing I discovered that is that there's a, a cool fashion product called Cinch It. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of YouTube channels. I was like, wow, what what are all these YouTube channels? And I realized that that's a, it's some kind of fashion product. Yeah. I think it's like a, like almost like Spanx or something like that. It's like, uh, I don't know, some sort of a belt or something. I think it's out of the UK. <laughs> yeah, so we actually, so we own the trademark to Cinch IT. And uh, what we did is, <laughs> one of the things we did, uh, this is years ago, is we intentionally, even in the trademark, put periods between the I and the T because everybody would say Cinch it. Um, and there's, you know, there is a company that I, 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 again, I don't know what they do. It's some sort of like Spanx out of the UK, non-competitive whatsoever, but it is pretty funny. Cause if you go to watch, we do have a pretty active YouTube channel. We actually have a documentary called forming the franchise that actually has been documenting our journey as a franchisor from the very, very, very beginning. So you can see everything that we've gone through over years. Uh, you can watch it almost like a documentary. Uh, but it's pretty funny because when I tell people that and they go to look up Cinch IT, they stumble across, you know, Cinch it jeans or, or, or leggings. That's not us. <laughs> yes. I, I see a, I see a spoof infomercial coming up with, with you modeling whatever, whatever that device is or whatever it is. I can tell you our marketing department does their – does their best to embarrass me on that YouTube channel. So don't, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Well, Rick, this has been great. Uh, you know, I'd be happy to get any listeners in touch with you, but if, if someone wanted to learn more, is your website the best place to start? Yeah, absolutely. So cinchit.com is where most of our customers are going to go to. There is a link to our, our, our franchise development site, but it, that site is cinchfranchise.com. If you specifically are interested in franchising, it'll walk you through the entire opportunity. We put a ton of research up there about our industry and our model. Uh, definitely, it's the best resource uh, to learn about us. Great. Well, thanks again for joining us today. I've, I've really enjoyed learning more about Cinch IT, and I'm excited to watch you guys grow and expand across the U.S. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Franchise Hounds. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode or would like to work with me directly to explore franchise ownership opportunities, please reach out through the form on our website at franchisehounds.com.